Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360. Fuel your brand. Hello, Reggie. Can you hear me all right? I can, Steve. Yeah, can you hear me good? Yeah. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for, for getting this scheduled and being on the call. I appreciate it. You, I, I'm Steve. I'm really glad to do it. Uh, I don't, Shelley Brunswick referred me. Uh, she did a podcast with you I don't know, several months ago, and uh, she's a friend of mine here in Colorado Springs, and uh, a, a great a great business leader uh, here in town, and business leader really worldwide in the space community. So that is uh, very that is great of her to introduce us. Hang on just a second. That is awesome. I was wondering. I'm trying to remember how we got connected. I couldn't. I couldn't uh, remember, but that's awesome. Yeah, Shelly and I actually was at a. Um, you, so you're up in Denver, right? Uh, I'm I'm uh, south of Fort Collins. I'm in between Fort Collins and Denver. Okay. Um, we actually were at an event in the springtime. Uh, so we're connected through the the Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Corporation here in town. Um, and even though I don't work there anymore, still very involved with that community. And um, we were at an event welcoming back. Uh, General and Mrs. Heighton, General Heighton, uh, who spent a lot of time here, uh, recently retired, actually retired a year ago uh, out of the Air Force, was the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, the number two general in all of the U.S. Department of Defense. And uh, and I actually used to live across the street from him uh, in my last job in the Air Force. And so, and then he retired me as well. Um, and, uh, anyway, so my wife and I know, uh, the general and Laura through that. And, wow. uh, we were at our military affairs council here. Uh, you know, we've never had out of Colorado Springs. We've never had, we've had, you know, we have lots of retired four stars here. We yep. don't have a vice chairman here yet. And so, uh, <laughs> special event. And anyway, that was the event where she was telling me about this great podcast uh. she just done. And she said, you know, you'd be great for that, Reg. And I said, okay, <laughs> come down, let's do it. Uh, that's great. Well, that's uh, awesome. An honor to have you on. Impressive career. I mean, really outstanding background. Uh, you can't can't ask for much more than uh, some of the things that you've accomplished. So congrats on everything. Really, really super impressive. And thank you for your service and all the dedication uh, that you've given to the country over the years. Yeah, you know, Steve, it, it really, yeah, I, you know, it's great to be uh, in the military, be a veteran right now and not have to go through what, uh, you know, my, my, the, the previous generation did coming out of Vietnam. Um, because, you know, I get those awesome comments all the time. I, I yeah. never received any negativity, uh, that, that people did in the seventies and in the sixties. And, uh, you know, I just said, you know what, I loved every minute of it. And, uh, you know, thank you for recognizing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've never heard anybody say it like that. I guess it's true, right? Um, it's a blessing not to have 
gone through that, I guess, like some guys had to, right? Some of the things that people had to go through, World War II, World War One, Vietnam, I mean, you name it. Yeah, I guess uh, that's true. Uh, you So you haven't had, in your career, you didn't face, you weren't in a, in a, in a shootout, a dog, a, dog, a dog hole, or what do they call it? A, a, a foxhole, sorry. You weren't in a foxhole in a shootout at any point during the, the impressive career you had? No, not uh, so as an Air Force communications officer, never got anything uh, into anything like that. Um, I certainly was in combat environment. I spent a year as a squadron commander at uh, Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. I was there from the summer of 11 to summer of 12. And, you know, I had an M9 on my hip the whole time that I was there. And we took more indirect fire, more rocket attacks on the base at any time uh, that I was there. And, and certainly there is some danger associated with that. Yeah. Um, and, but, but was not in what people typically think about, uh, you know, knocking down doors and clearing towns and clearing buildings and things like that. And I have such tremendous, I have, you know, relatives that have done stuff of that like that and some good friends uh, and relatives and good friends who have done stuff that they can't even tell me about. Um, <laughs> And I have so much respect for him. And then I was also in uh, Cobart Towers. My first deployment, uh, really kind of surprising for the time period that I was deployed. I really had two deployments. The first one was in 1996. And I got to Cobart Towers 12 days before the bombing of the the terrorist bombing Mm. of uh, of Cobart Towers. Mm. And uh, Mm. just was really uh, very lucky uh, in terms of my experience there. A lot of people today... And by the way, we're already rolling, so we'll just we'll just keep rolling here on okay. the recording. So we'll just keep going. Um, I feel like a lot of people today just don't have any idea some of the sacrifices that uh, that people made in some of these wars. Um, I feel like we've lost that. It's been so long since the last war that I feel like a lot of and I'm not I'm not picking on millennials necessarily, but I just feel like a lot of people have kind of lost a sense of reality of what people went through my my uh wife and i watched uh uh a movie on netflix i think it's called uh all is quiet on the western front i don't know if i get the title exactly right but uh it was a war war one uh, uh film and uh right, you know boy right. you, you, you know you yeah. just watch stuff like that and you're just like wow i mean well it's super easy to kind of forget some of the things these guys went through It it is, absolutely. And, um, you know, the the deployment, military deployment and and warfare now, of course, very, very different than it was a hundred years ago with the, the, you know, all all fire on the Western Front based on um, World War I, of course. Um, And and, there's there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences as well. And, and, you know, one of the differences is that in World War I and even World War II, uh, the vast, vast majority of, of war fighters, we'll call them, whether they're, they're air, airmen, soldiers, settlers, Marines, uh, the vast majority of war fighters um, took a boat home, right? And so they had, they had several weeks of, of, of processing internally, of talking with other people mm. who had all been through the same experience mm. before they got home and were we're back in a normal society and now it just happens to us like that so quick. Um, and, you know, and, and, and not that that erases 
uh, all of the the damage that's that's done uh, through that experience, but certainly having the time to process it uh, is something that helps rather than just hey, let's put them on a plane and and you know go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, for example, for me, um, not not that I've had anything remotely close to PTSD. Uh, my experiences that I had just don't go there, and I you know yeah. I want to compare my experiences to those people who were dodging IEDs and, and knocking down doors and those sorts of things. Um, they get, you know, those are the heroes in my book. Um, but, you know, when I came home, uh, from, maybe it might have even been a, a year after the Cobar Towers bombing, and uh, I was at a, a Sky Sox minor league baseball team here, baseball game here in Colorado Springs, and unexpectedly, there was uh, a firework, and it was the one that, that kicks her with big boom. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know it was coming. And it just it made me <laughs> jump just a little bit, and I kind of went, ooh, come mm. on, you know, mm. just because mm. that was the, the sound that I remember. Uh, and so for people who've been through much, much worse than I have, I can only imagine how exponentially worse it is for them. Were you uh, a military kid? Did your dad serve? Did your family serve? Um, talk. Give me. Give me some background on your your family history, if you don't mind. Yeah, so no, I'm the, the the first, really the first one in the the military uh, in my family. I did have uh, a couple of grandparents, a grandfather, biological grandfather who served uh, in uh, the the Army Air Force in uh, World War II. Uh, did not see any combat. He stayed uh, stateside. And then uh, I had a step-grandfather uh, who was in the Iowa Army National Guard. Okay. Um, but, you know, really my, uh, my interest in the military, other than just being raised in a relatively conservative family that just uh, respected that. I did have an uncle as well. I had an uncle who was uh, uh, a Navy corpsman. Um, okay. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just so I wasn't I wasn't surrounded by that uh, growing up, like certainly my kids uh, have been. Um, but really, I, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was in middle school and I high school. You. I wanted to be an astronaut. Right. And so, okay. you know, mm-hmm. teenage mind, you'd think, how do you be an astronaut? You go be a fighter pilot. And so go to the airport, be a fighter pilot. And right. uh, so that was the path that I started on. And uh, let me just say that, that God threw up a number of barriers on, on me becoming a, a fighter pilot. Um, and, uh, so ultimately, ultimately I went to a flight screening program and had some medical problems. Okay. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, had never, it was never part of my plan to be an Air Force communications officer. Uh, but that's just where I was led and how things played out for me and, and ultimately worked out pretty good for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it worked out just fine. I think your career turned out just fine. Even though you didn't uh, walk on the moon, or you know, I think I think you did okay. <laughs> uh, are you uh, your your folks? Are they um, were they from Iowa? Are they still? Have they passed? Are they still here? Give me some background there. Yeah, uh, parents are still here. Uh, parents, uh, step parents, former step parents, uh, all still here. Okay. Um, and uh, um, and and I have you know pretty good relationships uh, with all of them. Uh, parents divorced when I was five. Dad was from the Chicago area. Okay. Uh, Mom was from small town Iowa, and um, they uh, they divorced right after my fifth birthday. 
uh, dad stayed in Chicago and, and he's been, he and his family have been entrepreneurs uh, their whole lives. They were in the meat packing business. And so, oh. uh, you know, uh, when I, I grew up around swinging beef, you know, like in Rocky when he, you know, working out against the, 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 the four quarters and hind quarters uh, that, you know, and I wasn't punching the beef, but I was sure lugging it around and, and <laughs> tossing it in vans and trucks to be delivered to, to stores uh, and butcher shops and those things. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, mom and, and then future stepdad, uh, moved around a lot, uh, a couple of years in Iowa, uh, spent, uh, about five or six years in Nebraska. Okay. Um, and so I did half a kindergarten through sixth grade, uh, in, in various schools in small town, Nebraska, uh, including Norfolk, Nebraska, Johnny Carson's hometown. That's what they're famous for. And uh, and then uh, after sixth grade, moved to South Florida. So went from you know, whoa, moving, okay, so, yeah, I went from from uh, real. I went from a country school in uh, in Nebraska. I was for second grade through sixth grade in a country school in Nebraska with roughly twenty kids in my class. Uh, <laughs> down to uh, to if you get this Jefferson Davis Middle School. Wow. Okay. Which, yeah. Total which, culture shock. Total culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson Davis Middle School doesn't, doesn't uh, exist anymore. They, they finally changed the name about 15 years ago. Thank goodness. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and there were what, 600 kids in my class all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was your stepdad, was your stepdad or your mom being moved around for jobs or what was the reason for the moves? So cause somebody's uh, career. Yeah, you know, when you want to know what the interesting thing is, mom and, and stepdad, they, uh, they, 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 they honeymooned actually in Florida. And then uh, just, you know what, hey, wouldn't it be great to move down there? Uh, and so right. uh, okay. you know, dad was, stepdad was a, um, a supervisor in an electronics manufacturing plant and uh, got a job uh, with Nortel down in the West Palm Beach area. And uh, then we moved down there, and then that's so that's where I was for uh, seventh grade uh, through graduating high school. Okay, okay. So you graduated high school in Florida. I did, yes. But but you went to school in Iowa to get your bachelor's. Interesting. Did you want to go back there? What was the reason for that? Yeah, you want to know what? I was one of those teenagers who just said, "Oh my God, I got to get out of this state, right?" You know. Okay. And now I look at it. At the time, I thought I wanted to be an engineer. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, thank goodness that I didn't get a I got ended up getting an Air Force ROTC scholarship in computer science. Okay. Um, and which, thank goodness, it wasn't engineering because that would not have been right for me. Uh, I mean, computer science was it was a bit of a stretch for me, but um, but uh, yeah, I just I was like, I got to get out of the state of Florida. And now I look and I go, wow, there's some really great schools in Florida. Um, but uh, yes, uh, I, I was hoping on the Air Force Academy. I got a nomination. I didn't get accepted uh, to the Air Force Academy. Um, but, uh, like I said, I got that Air Force ROTC scholarship, okay. uh, with, um, with the family roots, uh, from Iowa, my, both mom and stepdad from small town, Iowa, uh, a lot of relatives, a lot of loved ones still there. I see. Uh, I went, went to Iowa state and did Air Force ROTC. I see. Okay. Very good. Did you have siblings by the way? Uh, yeah, that's, that gets to be a long story with, uh, <laughs> with the divorces and the remarriages. And so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah so I got uh, a lot. Of, I've got, I've got one sister that shares the same parents as me. Uh, I'm the oldest. She's three years younger. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, there's another sister that I spent most of my time uh, growing up with. And then I've got some siblings from 
dad and former uh, stepmom, and and I, I'm good friends and close with all of them too. And so okay. just you know, re really lucky to be surrounded by a lot of love. I'm uh, similar, very similar uh, situation. I got halves, steps. I mean, yeah, you know, there's so it, many it people. Gets... I, there, there's so many of us like that, right? I mean, you, you, yeah. The traditional uh, leave it to Beaver family. Some of the people listening to this podcast don't even know what that is, but I mean, you know, you know, just the stay married and the two kids. I mean, it's just. I mean, hey, for those of that, that are banished to do that, great. Kudos to you. But a lot of us uh, grew up just like you did. Um, yeah. Okay. We uh, obviously then you were a good kid in high school. You made good grades. You must not have gotten any trouble. Were you a straight A student? Uh, uh, you know, because it's your your resume appears to be like, OK, I'm I'm focused. I'm straight A student. I never get in trouble. Is that the way it was? I, I stay pretty focused on the goal. Um, okay. I would, you know, not that uh, I, uh, I. I messed around a little bit in high school, but I was smart about it. OK, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and knew not to not how to right. you know, didn't, I never did anything too serious, nothing too okay. outrageous. Okay. Um, you know, but you know, knew how to knew how to take risks without <laughs> being stupid about it. Uh, uh, so, but yes, but I, you know, really stayed out of a lot of trouble with with the student council president and all that. You know, so um, okay, so leadership early on, leadership way early on, then, and obviously through throughout your career and uh, in, in the Air Force and your professional career, constantly being pushed to leadership roles. Uh, did that come from your, you feel like you got that from your dad, your stepdad, your mom, stepmom, like who, who, who did you emulate with that, with the leadership piece, you that, think? That is in the DNA from my dad. Okay. Your father, your, your blood father, your blood father, your real father. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. okay. All right. So if there's a, if there was a bus of 30 people and it crashed in the mountains, your dad is the one kind of circling the wagons going, okay, guys, we're going this way. Yes. Well, he's, he's certainly going to try. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having the interpersonal skills to get it done uh, might be a different story. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, that's uh, so good. That, uh, so, your is, so your mom and stepmom uh, polished your personal skills to be able to lead without pissing everybody off all the time. That's it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, that was something I said at my Air Force retirement ceremony um, when you've got all of the 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 parents and the, the step parents sitting there. And I was able to say, you know what? I was lucky enough to take from my dad that tremendous drive. And from my mom, I was able to take that, that caring and loving because as a leader, it's so important to genuinely care for the people that you're leading and show them that you genuinely care. And yes. I got that from my mom. From my stepdad, I was able to get uh, kind of a strategy of, of, of gamesmanship and you know have have fun with what you're doing and treat it treat it like a game and and you know go for it like that and so uh i was just lucky to be surrounded with with people like that that gave me the right lessons that's 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 awesome uh and i'm sure you had plenty of mentors and leaders in the military uh through, throughout your years there too that uh, you really looked up to anybody you want to call out specifically the list is probably long but uh and then when I ask people to do this, they're like, well, if I don't mention this person, if I don't mention that person, they're going to be mad. Anybody you want to mention that really just helped you along that you want to highlight? You know, I, you're right that I did have so many. But let me, let me call out uh, my first 
uh, squadron commander uh, here at Peterson Air Force Base. When I, you know, I was talking about uh, being uh, at the terrorist bombing in, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, while I was there, I picked up an assignment uh, here at, uh, at Peterson Air Force Base. My first squadron commander here, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Lynn Vermillion. Uh, and she really made a strong impact on me because I got to see her up close and uh, she was a squadron commander. I was a flight commander. I was working directly for her and, and watching the way that, that she would lead and, and watching how, you know what, she wasn't liked by everybody in the squadron. Um, okay. and, and that's okay for leaders. If you're, if you're doing things right, you're not going to be liked by everybody. You know? no, there's no way. Yeah, there's a there's a nice pause segment for the listeners, especially the the young aspiring leaders listening to this show. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm 55 and I've been leading people my whole life. I'm just telling you right now, if you're going to lead effectively and make sure things are being executed, there is no way in hell that everybody's going to love you. It's just not possible. <laughs> right. That's right. And and, and it doesn't mean. It, that doesn't give you a license to go out and be a jerk, right? Right. You know, right. It, you should still be polite and professional and respectful because yeah. yep. everybody on the team is bringing sure. something to the table, and you need a hundred percent out of everybody on the team. Um, but uh, but you're going to make decisions that some people don't like. If you know, I was just the right thing for the organization. I was just listening to uh, Mike Sorelli uh, was a Navy SEAL. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast last week or so. And Mike has been on the pod, been on the Rider Flex podcast. And uh, Mike was telling Joe, he's like, look, here's the deal. He goes, I love all my Navy SEAL brother, brothers, but do I like all of them and want to have beer like after the assignment with everybody? Not necessarily. <laughs> there, there's a number of times, you know, that, that you'd have conversations with people and you're like, you know, hey, hey, I get it. I, I'm not asking you to go home with them at night. I'm yeah. just saying, get along with them at work, right? <laughs> so true. So true. So true. Uh, all right. I want to get, so we don't have, I mean, there's no way we can touch every piece of your career, but I want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, communication, communications, uh, defense, um, you know, the, the, Aerospace industry, uh, you know, I want to talk just in general uh, before we get into Caliola. Um, I just in general, I have some questions um, for you if you don't mind. First one is, first one is, do I need to be scared that I'm being hacked all the time? Do I need to be changing my passwords every week? I mean, it does it, like how worried yeah. do I need to be that people are okay? The answer is yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, talk, talk to, I guess the question is from 30,000 feet, how would you advise people with their own personal security and communication at home right now? And I know we could do a whole podcast on that, but maybe just a little like, Hey guys, if you're listening to this podcast, here's what I recommend based on what I've seen. You know, it's, it's really, it's about managing risk. And, and how concerned are people about managing the, the risk of their, their personal finances, the risk of their identity? Uh, and then for, for those who are leading companies, uh, you know, what's the risk you're willing to accept uh, into your company? Uh, and you know, for defense companies, our adversaries are actively trying to gain access to All the time. our all, right. all the time. You know, are they trying to gain access to recruiting firms? 
you know, the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians probably aren't. Um, but, you know, are your, are your uh, corporate um, competitors, are your competitors trying yeah, to do yeah, that? I, you yeah. know, I don't know. I don't know uh, about that thing. But I wish possible. we were that so, big. I wish, I wish Riderflex was big enough for people who are trying to hack us all the time. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, so for a company like Caliola, there's a lot of risk out there for Caliola. Gotcha. Um, probably more so, much more so than Riderflex. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but but you know what? Even when I worked at the Colorado Springs Chamber and EDC, which is a nonprofit for heaven's sakes, uh, you know, I would get phishing emails disguised as as my boss. Uh, you know, trying wow. to the CEO, hey Reg, this is this is Dirk. Can you do something for me? Wow. You know, and yeah. You know, <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so okay, you know, so 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 you know, make sure you're you're watching, you're monitoring your risk. Yes, change your passwords. Yeah. Um, anything else? Turn your camera off. And any any other advice? Uh, would you do you do you advise against uh, Alexa and uh, my little Google machine over here that's listening to everything I'm saying? Do you rec do you recommend against those? No, you know what? So I'm not an expert in, in that kind of uh, security, but okay. um, All right. All right. you know, I've certainly seen enough of of home videos uh, getting hacked. <laughs> Uh, ah. To know that if you're gonna if you're gonna have video cameras uh, surveilling the interior of your house, uh, that that you better be darn sure that that you've got a lot of cyber protection on that, uh, okay. or, or people are going to be watching you in your house. Okay, uh, very good. So be very, very careful with that. Very good. Um, and then I want to ask about I know these are thirty fifty thousand foot questions. But I want to get these in here before we start talking about the company. Um, I have so many questions about space. I, we could do, I mean, just the, everything, right? You know, I just have so many questions. One of my questions is, and I know you're not an expert on all, all this, but how the hell do we keep from things running into each other? All this shit we're putting in space, all these, all these devices. How, I don't, I don't understand how there's not car crashes up there. Can, can you tell me what, what's your, what's your response to that? So, so. There, there have been, uh, okay. but they're very infrequent. And you know, the first explanation is just the big sky theory. Is it's it's just so immense out there, and inside of that immensity, everything else is so tiny. I see. Um, but you know, when you get into certain orbits, things get uh, things get crowded. Uh, in, think in so. certain orbit and certain traffic yeah. patterns, and uh, the, the the space force, formerly the Air Force, does a very good job of protecting our most critical assets. And so, for okay. example, every time uh, that uh, that the space shuttle, or every time that there is a launch with a U.S. astronaut, uh, the space force is is putting a virtual box around that. And, and monitoring anytime that you know there's the gosh I think it's I think it might be up over a hundred thousand objects they're tracking in space right now don't don't quote me on that number wow. I just know wow. it's really wow. and it's it's uh it's growing tremendous I think it's like doubled uh in the last three years I mean well uh, yeah I mean I mean Musk is like shipping up Starlink satellites one right after another I mean uh, you know right. Right. Do, are, do they all have? Uh, okay, if somebody's watching these hundred thousand units, do they all have like little? Um, 
I'm going to sound so ignorant. This is going to sound so Star Trek, Star Trek, but do they all have like little thrusters and you're like turning the thruster on to move it out of the way so it doesn't hit the other one? Is that, are they, is that what's happening? So some of them certainly would. Um, okay. And I, you know, the more, the newer ones probably more likely have those things. Uh, the the okay. legacy ones, the older ones might be less likely to, especially if they're okay. older ones, you know, have they have they expended all their fuel in terms of, of being able to maneuver? I see. Uh, so gotcha. lots, lots okay. and lots of factors, but the, the vast majority of them, certainly the newer ones, are maneuverable. Okay. Here's another big 30,000-foot question. So I'm just dying to get these out here because I don't want to run out of time. Are there life? Is there life on other planets, Reggie? Are we gonna? And if there is, are we gonna see? Are me and you gonna see it before we, before we go? I mean, give me see what's your can, opinion. See if I can tell you, I'd have to tell you. Super secret. No. Top <laughs> Super clearance. Security. Top security clearance. <laughs> uh, you know what? I wish I knew the answer to that question. I mean, what's your opinion? If you had to, if I forced you to choose, what would you say? Yes, I think there might be, or no, probably not. Reggie Ash's personal opinion, I have no professional, no uh, Air Force knowledge that is that is feeding into this opinion. Just Reggie Ash's uh, personal opinion is that the universe is so immense uh, that it would be arrogant of us to think that we were the only life in the entire universe. Okay. Yeah. I like that answer. I, pr I pretty much feel the same way. And I would just follow that up with um, when people say the universe is so immense or that we, you know, all the, I, I, you know, I, I add to that, that it's so immense that we don't know how big it is. <laughs> no, I mean, nobody knows where the end is. Like it, I mean, that's the way to really think about it. I really try to remind people like, look, don't forget when you get really stressed out about your little problems for the day, like you got, okay, you woke up and you had a flat, you had a flat tire on your car, whatever, you know, you got your little issues. Just remember we're on this blue ball floating around in this black space and nobody has any freaking idea how big it is, how far it goes or what it all means. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that when I get stressed. If I get stressed at Rider Flex, I'm having like a tough day. I'm just like, okay, let me just remind myself. This, and, this is, you know. And, and even on this, and even on this, this blue ball, you know, the the historical timeline and going out into the the future, you know, we're just such a tiny totally. microcosm, yes. you know, of the of that history, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I try to relax. That's, that's my stress reliever. That's my, you know, that's my uh, way of just kind of just taking a deep breath and reminding myself, you know, billions of years, like, come on, man. Like don't, don't get too wound up over, over little stuff. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, um, I just hope from a curiosity perspective, I would love to still be alive when we actually do discover something. I'd love to be, I'd love to be part of that. Wouldn't that it. be fantastic? That'd be so awesome. It'd be so awesome to 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 be part of that. Um, uh, very good. Okay. Well, I appreciate you answering some of those fun, uh, those some of, yeah. <laughs> some, of those, some of those fun questions. Are you worried? I guess this is one more. Oh, I just thought of one more. Um, do you worry about uh, when it comes to defense? Do you worry about China and North Korea, you know, as a, as a military guide? Like, do you really, 
Do you worry about that? Do you worry about their ability up in space or, or weapons and things in, or communication or hacking? Like, do you worry about that? Or you're just like, ah, eh, our guys got it under control. Yes. Yes. I worry about that. Uh, all of those things. Um, worry about uh, the Chinese threat, the adversary threat, you know, keeping it local to, to Caliola. Uh, and to me, uh, that, they're, that they might try to use me as an avenue to get to Caliola and the things mm -hmm. that, that we're mm -hmm. doing in support of the Defense Department, uh, worry about them on the, on the bigger stage strategically uh, for the United States, that, that China has a goal absolutely to be a, uh, to, to challenge uh, U.S. supremacy, Western democracy uh, in, in the world. China wants to challenge that, uh, just as Russia uh, is challenging it right now uh, in Ukraine. And so, uh, yes, worry about all those things. You know, you talked about uh, China in space. Uh, I think it was around 2005, 2006 that China uh, blew up a satellite in space. And if that mm. wasn't a, a warning uh, to the U.S., mm. Mm. Um, you know, more uh, more recently, and these things uh, previously would have been classified, but um, with the creation of Space Force, the recreation of Space Command, um, uh, a lot of this stuff has become unclassified. And so the Space Force leaders are able to talk about now uh, that uh, our adversaries uh, have satellites that are following ours. Wow. Um, that they have uh, one that wow. Wow. Uh, I think it was the Russians that have like a uh, a nesting doll where a satellite opened up and another one came out and that opened up and another one came out and it has the, the opportunity to shoot a projectile at, uh, at, at another object in space. Interesting. And so our adversaries are, are absolutely, they know how dependent, not just our military, but our society in general is so dependent on space capabilities in terms of, uh, you know, think of GPS and all that, that yes. GPS does for us, you know, how, you know all the times that, that you need it for navigation. Uh, well, GPS also does timing for a whole lot of things. And so mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. ATM machine that we go get our cash from uh, is dependent on timing from the GPS system. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's just so much of, of um, industry and uh, our, our, our commercial um, enterprises that relies on space that, um, you know, our adversaries know that, that they, that they not just can damage our, our military, but they can damage our society as a whole by attacking us in space. And the reason they want to, does it go all the way back to the crocodile mind, caveman days. I want what I want what you have, and you have more than me. So I'm gonna get a club and hit you over the head and take your stuff. I mean, does it? I mean, it feels. I feel like after after all this advancement, right? All this technology, all these things we've been through as human beings, and here we are. We're still worried about the caveman over in the other cave coming over with a club and taking my stuff. Like it's like. <laughs> When you really when you really boil it down, it's like, wow, actually we haven't gotten that far. <laughs> it, you know, and that's why it's so important in as many areas as possible where there is agreement and there is an opportunity for cooperation to cooperate. And whether that's something like the International Space Station, 
uh, or you know whatever it might be. Uh, you know those are great opportunities. But then you know you take China for example, and it's it's in their interest to do currency manipulation, mm. and uh, it's in their interest to steal our intellectual property so that they can grow their industry a lot faster and improve their society a lot faster. Well, of course that, you know, and so it's just, it's it sometimes the legitimate interests of the societies are opposed to each other. Interesting. Well, I think if aliens do ever land, by the way, then we'll all unite all these, all this, this petty bullshit that we have between each other as countries will probably start to go away and we'll be like, all right, we need to uh, team up here or else <laughs> bad news. Oh man. Okay. Uh, let's get into, if you don't mind, let's get into Caliola, by the way, for the listeners, it's the C- Caliola, C-A-L-I-O-L-A.com, Caliola.com. Um, See, let give me, us, you want, let me tell the, how about I tell the listeners where Caliola comes from? Is that a good start? Go for, go for it. I was just about to say, where does it come from? The word, what does it mean? And then walk us into a nice company overview, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So the Cali comes from California. Three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, our owner, Jennifer Halford, and her husband, Tom Halford, uh, living in Southern California. Jennifer was born and raised there. Tom moved there uh, for graduate school from uh, from Southern California. And uh, four years ago, uh, they're deciding that they want to create a defense company, uh, mm-hmm. that they've been working in the defense industry, and they want to create their own small business. And so they did the research and figured out where's the best place to do that. Colorado Springs, best place to do that. And so they packed up their kids, uh, moved them out uh, to, uh, to, to Colorado Springs. And, uh, and, and so that's the, the Cali. The Ola, there's a lot of different meanings wrapped up in, in the word Ola. So it's the Spanish word for wave. And okay. uh, Jennifer and Tom uh, both have some, some wave in their, in their history. So you notice our, our symbol that's over my shoulder here. It's kind of a a yeah. surf wave turned into a sine wave. And so Jennifer was uh, an internationally competitive surfer. Oh, okay. Tom, who's our chief scientist, his PhD and many of his patents are in securing the waveform. Interesting. He's All right. Also, he's also still a nationally competitive uh, swimmer. He was an intercollegiate swimmer. Okay. Uh, last year, well, he was injured this year, couldn't defend his title. He was the 200-meter uh, champion, uh, breaststroke champion uh, in his age group last year. Uh, and, and then uh, wow. to wrap wow. it all up, when they were having the discussion about what they were going to name the new company, they were sitting at Ola Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, and so that brings uh, that's the Caliola, the, the not ah, very cool, very and, cool, and very all cool. All the ways wow. that the waveform uh, impacts uh, our company. Wow. Okay, that is. I appreciate you sharing that story with me. Well, if they're both super athletic like that, their kids are going to be super athletes too. <laughs> I think yeah, they've got they've got uh, some young kids uh, who uh, are, are just adorable. And, that's great. Uh, yeah, very yeah, cool. They're, they're doing a great job. With them. How do, uh, um, I was going to walk in walk into how you met them, but first give us the overview of the company and 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 what it does. And for anybody that hasn't heard of it, give me the elevator pitch. Go for it. Yeah, Caliola, three and a half year old uh, defense contractor company. We uh, create innovative uh, technology solutions 
And we do a variety of things from secure mesh networking, secure mesh networking to uh, uh, pre precision navigation and timing in a GPS denied uh, environment, precision location. We do some, uh, some edge computing solutions like for special forces. Uh, we think there's uh, an application for you know, forest fire fighters that get out where you don't have access to reach back uh, to the network and helping them with share fi file sharing. Uh, we've got uh, an, a couple more uh, projects that, uh, that the Navy really loves um, that uh, are um, essentially commander's uh, support tools to okay. help in the, in the automated uh, transitioning, the, the automated uh, uh, parsing out of access time uh, for satellites, for modems, for electronics, and things like that to make the most efficient use of electronics and communications. And so, as I said, a variety of uh, innovative technological uh, solutions. And then over the summer, we also uh, acquired uh, a 43-year-old uh, defense services company okay. uh, that works in the military satellite communications arena, uh, and that creates a lot of synergy. For us. I see. Oh, so it's a it's a it's a consultancy. It's a consulting services tech company. Is that <laughs> uh, kind of yeah? So the the services piece is really more work. Uh, it, it's it's doing direct satcom work support uh, for um, the the space force uh, okay. and and for um, for the air force uh, more so than just consultancy. Okay. Um, but but we we have a little piece of that uh, as well. We do have a little piece of consultancy and in, in working with uh, other uh, corporate clients um, to uh, to help them developing their products as well. And and your primary is your revenue target the military contracts with the military or a little bit of both private and 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 the military both. I don't know. So in a little over three years, uh, Caliola has raised nearly twenty million dollars in non dilutive revenue. Wow. Uh, the vast majority of that has been through DOD SIBRS, Small Business Innovation and Research Grants. Uh, we have we received, That's why it's non-diluted. That's why it's non-diluted. That, that's exactly right. Right. Uh, and so um, we uh, we are doing, uh, you know, part of those those SIBR grants are to help small companies like Caliola uh, to commercialize and branch out. And so uh, we're getting a lot of help from that. And, and I'll tell you, we are we are really close on some exciting uh, commercialization efforts. That's great. Congratulations on on raising that cash. That, that is a big deal right there. Okay, so good. All right, you guys are, so you're, you're moving along, you're, you're post revenue, you have clients, you've raised cash, you're, you're, you're healthy, you're not in the, I mean, you're still startup, but you're not eating ramen noodles every night. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, um, we, uh, we've still got a lot of the concerns of, of, a, of a startup corporation, you know, okay. that we've had some really rapid growth. And so I was a year ago, my anniversary, my one year anniversary was November 1st. And okay. uh, in that time we have doubled in size and that doesn't even account for the acquisition that we did. Ah. And so uh, a lot yeah, of they're... rapid growth. Yeah. Uh, when you have that kind of rapid growth, you've got organizational structure challenges. You have yes. to put new organizational structures in place. 
You've got uh, process challenges where you didn't necessarily need a process before because everybody would just talk about it. All of a sudden, you got to start putting processes uh, into place. And so, you know, we've got a lot of those things. And both, uh, of, those your, both of those are your expertise. Operations. Uh, they process. are, yes. And, yeah. that's, and that's how I've been able to, to help out Caliola significantly uh, with that. And, and, and I enjoy doing right. that. Yeah, um, that's, that's fantastic. That will, your title really is, it almost sounds like you're the COO, really, kind of. I mean, you know, I don't maybe know. more chief of staff. You know what? I just, I do a whole variety of things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let me give you a little bit of the, the story of that. And so um, for, for military guys like me that, you know, if you include my cadet time, uh, I spent almost 30 years where the Air Force would say, just go be a leader. We're going to have you go do a variety of things. We're going to tell you what you're going to do. And it might be something totally different than before. Just go be a leader. Learn how to be a, a strong leader. Yeah. And so when you get ready to, to, to leave the military, you go, people start asking, what do you want to do? Oh, I, I, think I want to go be a leader. And they kind of go, well, no, no, you got to, you can't just say that anymore. You got to, you got to pick what you want to do. You gotta, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so everybody kept trying to get me to, to pick something. Mm. And then uh, when I started the conversation with Jennifer, uh, our, our CEO and founder, and uh, she had a, a business development opening. And I said, hey, I'm very interested in that. And, and I sent her my resume. And then the next time that we met, basically she said, she said, instead of doing this, I want you to be a leader. And so I was like, this is gold. This is the perfect fit for me. Uh, I mean, really, now really what she said was, uh, hey, Reggie, after looking at your resume, I don't want you for BD. She said, I've got too much on my plate as a CEO, and I want you to help me lead this company. And, yeah, for and sure. my mind, I went, okay, I can be a deputy commander. You know, that's that's the analogy. I can be a deputy <laughs> commander, you know. And so, um, yeah. you know, that's been for me is the driver for me is is looking at the huge variety of ways that I can help Jennifer lead Caliola. Yeah. And so great um, fit. Great, great fit. You know, if if you know, for all the founders out there, all the startup founders, if if you're a visionary, creative strategic type founder that's invented something or whatever. Um, and all of a sudden you get some money and you get growth. You need a strong operational commander type person to make the train go on time. <laughs> and, and, and kudos to them to, to bring you on board to help with that because it's just so important I've seen, I don't know how many times I've either been involved or interviewed companies and uh, founders just don't know when to surround themselves with a, with a commander. Um, and it's so important. So yeah, great timing, perfect fit for you right now. That's for sure. It is. It is absolutely. You know, so uh, I, I wrote Jen uh, a note on my anniversary last week. Uh, you know, thank you again for, for bringing me on. Let me be a part of this journey. And I said, you know, in some ways, it seems like it's been so much more than a year because we've doubled in size. We've had all this, yeah. this amazing growth. That's I great. Think, but in some ways, it feels like it was last week because it still feels so <laughs> fresh and exciting uh, and new. And, you know, that I just I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm absolutely your energy, your your energy and your and your passion is much higher than I would anticipate for a guy that already had his run in the military 30 years, you know, you're a little younger than me, not much, I think, but you're my age. Like 
a lot of guys at your in your situation are kind of like, all right, I'm 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 gonna cruise. I'm kind of I'm in cruise control now. I'm kind of you know I'm over here. I'm gonna go fishing or whatever. You have this energy like, hey man, I'm ready to let's conquer the next mountain. I love that. <laughs> that you're you're absolutely right, and that's part of that DNA that comes from my dad. You know, so I've got uh, brothers who are entrepreneurs, and uh, that's just that's just the yeah. family is. We want to go conquer the world. <laughs> Your wife, uh, are you you're married with kids? I'm again, I'm assuming I, I didn't ask you. I am married. So next month it'll be 32 years married. Wow. Wow. And uh, we have three kids, 19, 21, and 23. That's great. Congratulations. 30 something years in marriage. Damn, you get you need a tax break. You've been married that long. You should be in some sort of special tax break bracket. I, I think so, right? Yeah, we need to uh we need to, to write our, our <laughs> congressman about that. Does your wife uh is she like Reggie? Will you please just calm down? I want to like retire because you probably I'm not, I don't know your situation, but I'm guessing you could probably retire if you wanted to. Is your wife like Reggie? Can we just chill? Like, can we just buy like a cabin? You know, like, come on, Reggie, calm down. We we have had those conversations. Uh, she knows <laughs> that it is it is not in my blood. Can't do it. Back and relax. No, you can't, can't do, do it. it. Plus, you look like you're in shape. I'm guessing you're doing cardio every day of some kind. Uh, I, I do. I try to do some, some P90X. And so I did, uh, I did some push-ups and some ab X this morning in the basement. All right. Your son, your kids, uh, you got three of them. Uh, what'd you say? Boys, girls, what'd you say? Did you say? Girl in the middle. Okay. Girl in the middle. Are your sons, they say you, can you do more push-ups than your 19 year old or no? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't even try. <laughs> he doesn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't uh, know how really how, I'm like, come on, son, that's that's pretty pathetic. You need to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said, but you you are uh, your leadership. I mean, you're a Type A driven leader, obviously, but you're polished enough with your people skills. Like we talked about when we first started, you know, your dad it was probably the same age as my dad, uh, and my dad was the same way, very much a John Wayne, you know, I'm in charge of everybody type, you know, character. But uh, there wasn't a lot of it wasn't balanced with, it, with any warm and fuzzy hugs and kisses and all that. It was just like, you know, it was pretty. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cold a little bit. I mean, he didn't mean to be that way. I think that's just the generation they came from, right? They're just they were just. That's, I, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, um, and you know, certainly the way he was raised, um, and uh, yes. Yeah, that too. Yeah, a, a generational thing, and then plus, you know, he was a, he was an entrepreneur his whole life, and so uh, whereas I had an Air Force bureaucracy train me yeah, how to be true. a more polished leader, true. and I had, true. as true. you mentioned earlier, lots of great examples to learn from and mm. to emulate. He didn't necessarily have that, you know. He just yeah. had to go out and learn it on his own, which which leads to the more maverick sort of an attitude, right? Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up with two things. Um, what career, I know we could do a whole episode on this question, but what career advice would you give to somebody finishing up college? They're getting ready to either decide to go into the military or start the career. What would you tell them right now? Almost like a short answer to what would you do if you were doing a college, uh, uh, what do they call the speech? I'm losing my train. Where they do the speech for the guest speaker. Uh, Commencement. During, during, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. 
So, Steve, the first thing that I'd say is, hey, if you're considering the military, that is a great life. Uh, and it, it while there are certainly family stressors, every career nowadays has family stressors. And, and for me and my family, it was a great family life. Yeah. Um, but you know what? The, the biggest lesson that I think I have that is applicable to everybody, no matter what type of a career that they're considering, is that life and career are never going to work out the way you're planning. There is not a single step in my career that worked out the way I planned it, uh, and especially not the last six years since I retired from the Air Force. None of that has worked out like I planned it. But wherever you are, just go kick it in the hind end and give it everything you got, and you're going to grow and bloom from there in great ways that you never expected. Good stuff. Good stuff, Reggie. Um, and then as far as the company, Caliola, uh, what would you say to anybody listening that might want to contact you? Uh, should they reach out to you on LinkedIn? Should they just go to the contact us at, uh, on the, you know, the website, caliola.com? Um, what's the best way to, to get, get in touch? See, they can do either one of those things. I am on, on LinkedIn, uh, Reggie Ash on LinkedIn. And uh, go to caliola.com is our website. Come check us out. Check out our technology. We have a leadership page on there and, and a contact us. And uh, definitely check out uh, either, both of those things. Caliola has a LinkedIn page as well that uh, I've tried to be pretty active with. And so. Okay, very uh, good. Very good. If they do reach out, do they get you? Do they do they get to talk to you? Who do they go to if somebody wants to connect? Uh, on a on a Caliola page, uh, there's two of us. Me and I have a counterpart uh, down Meredith Payne down in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. And uh, she's a fantastic lady with a lot more of the business experience uh, than what I have. Uh, but the two of us together uh, run our our social media. Excellent, Reggie. Thank you so much for sharing your story on the Rider Flex podcast and congratulations on everything you've accomplished. Really impressive. Thanks so much, Steve. This is a great podcast you've got and uh, honored to be a part of it. Thank you.